Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, evening, afternoon, everybody. Thank you for joining me on episode 33 of the show about the show. Today's guest is former major leaguer Todd Sears, who will join me here momentarily to talk about his career. Happy Rusev Day to everybody. I wanted to also give a big thank you to the loyal listeners of this podcast. I've been taking some time away um, due to some family issues, and I hope to uh, be able to put out more content in the very near future. I have two more episodes coming up today, and they are going to be amazing, unbelievable, and fantastic, just like this episode and every episode of the Touch Em All podcast is. We're going to talk to Major Leaguer Todd Sears. We're going to talk about his first Major League home run, what it's like being drafted and moving organizations, as well as the organization that he's that he's a part of that helps him give back to the game that gave him so much. So without any further ado, I am pleased to welcome former Minnesota Twin and San Diego Padre Todd Sears to the show. How you doing, Todd? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. No, thank you for coming on. So talk to me a little bit about kind of how you decided that baseball was going to be the the sport that you were going to play. Um, definitely. And it's, it was kind of a, a weird, a different situation in high school because, you know, I was, I was actually recruited by more schools for basketball than I was for baseball. And, um, it was growing up in Iowa. Um, we played our high school baseball in the summer. Um, whereas just about every other state plays their high school baseball in the spring. So, you know, you might not get as much exposure as, as some of these other other states and stuff like that. But um, so right. kind of going into my my uh, senior year summer um, baseball season, um, I just I, for some reason I, you know, my numbers just exploded and it, it kind of got me on the map a little bit with some some scouts um, on the baseball side. And, and at that time, I was still kind of going back and forth. Am I going to play basketball? You know, am I going to try to play baseball and basketball and, and that sort of thing? So, right. um, and then, so eventually I kind of, you know, after thinking about it for a while, I, I eventually decided that I wanted to try baseball route because there might've been more of a future there than, than on the basketball side. And, and so I chose to uh, sign with the University of Nebraska, and I, I still had the opportunity to play baseball there or basketball there if I if I chose to. Um, I ended up not deciding um, to play basketball, which I somewhat regret. But um, it was one of those where you know baseball just kind of stood out a little bit more as far as the, the potential future and, and potential um, professional career. And and I was then drafted out of uh, high school in the 19th round by the uh, California Angels at the time, and and uh, decided to uh, not sign and uh, just go play in Nebraska and and eventually played there for three years and was drafted in the third round um, after my junior year. So um, the the whole kind of situation worked out pretty well, and, and it was a, a good experience to, to go play 
um, college baseball and, you know, have a little better opportunity um, going from the 19th round to the third round was, was pretty cool as well. Absolutely. And you, so you go and you play at the University of Nebraska. You're a Cornhusker. You earned first mm-hmm. team all Big 12 honors in 1997. You hit 421 with 17 home runs and 79 RBIs in 62 games. That That's pretty impressive. Did you, guys, did you just feel like, you know, you were kind of on a roll? Did you know you were going to be drafted? Um, it was one of those where I, honestly, I didn't, think about it a whole lot at the time I knew you know a lot of scouts were talking to me you know towards the end of that that season as far as you know signability that sort of thing and and so it was one of those where it was I I knew about it but I didn't want to quite think about it just because it's I, I didn't know what to expect as far as where I might potentially go or anything like that. Um, uh, I went and played in the Cape Cod League the summer before. I was supposed to go after my freshman year, but, you know, got hurt and I couldn't make it. So I, I played one summer in the Cape Cod League, and, and I did okay. I, I wouldn't say I did great, um, but I did okay and, and kind of held my own a little bit. And then so that kind of, you know, helped um, to get some exposure that way. Um, but, yeah, I mean, talking to my, my college coach at the time, the, the more the closer it came that it was more likely that it was going to be, you know, a top ten um, round pick somewhere. We just didn't know where. And Todd actually ended up being drafted in the third round of the 1997 Major League Baseball draft by the Colorado Rockies. Obviously, you you never played with the Rockies. Can you kind of talk about that decision about being drafted by them but not signing with them and what kind of went into that? Um. Yeah, it was, as far as the Angels, not signing with the Angels. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, the Angels. Yeah, not the Rockies. Yeah, yeah. no no problem at all. Um, honestly, it, it was one of those where I knew I, I wasn't physically ready or mentally ready. I mean, I was probably 6'6", 180 pounds, you know, tall and skinny and didn't have a whole lot of muscle at the time. So um, I knew that, you know, it, it would probably take a little while to, to get to where I, I – would potentially want to be um, coming out of high school. Um, and so it was one of those also where I, I just wanted to play in college as well. I wanted to go to college and have that experience as well. Um, and I I had a small, you know, a decent-sized number, signing bonus number, where I, I don't even think it was a, a serious, really, um, contention to go sign um, just the 19th round. If it would have been, you know, you know, top five round, top ten round, that might have been a little different, might have been a little tougher decision, but it, it really wasn't that hard of a decision in the 19th round, just, you know, the, the money and, and that sort of thing wasn't wasn't to me at the time worth um, for going college and getting that experience and, and the whole college experience and, and getting, you know, schooling and, and all that stuff started at the same time. So it, all in all, it was a pretty easy decision to not sign with the Angels out of high school um, at the time. And so you ended up actually you made your major league debut with my favorite team, the Minnesota Twins, in two thousand two. Mm-hmm. But talk about finding the minor leagues. It was a, uh, a definitely a an interesting, neat, um, tough experience all all together in one. And um, it was the first time where um, baseball had you know you're, you're doing baseball every day in college. You know you still kind of are, are you're practicing a lot you're playing a lot but it's not quite the same whereas once you get to the professional ranks even in minor leagues it's 
every day you got to be ready to go, regardless of, you know, how you feel, what you're doing, how things are going. You got to be ready to play no matter what. And you know, that was it was a definitely a a pretty neat experience to play in the minor leagues. Um, it's tough. It's it's a grind, and and you're playing every day. You got, you know, sometimes 12 or 13 hour bus rides. Uh, tough to sleep on the bus. You, you could pull in at you know, one in the afternoon, go to the field at two and, and got to play that night. So um, it, it definitely is a grind and it's definitely tough, but it was, it was such a cool experience just for the, you know, the relationships that you have with teammates and, and coaches and, and just learning how to play a game that um, every day that it was a pretty cool experience. Can you talk about, I mean, that 2002 um, Twins team was pretty special. Can you kind of tell us who some of your teammates were in the minors that kind of made mm-hmm. an impact for the Twins that people might know about? Yeah, definitely. That, that 2002 team was a, a very special team. I, I think at the time, I think we led all of baseball in home runs um, up until, I think, August um, at some point. So it was pretty cool. But um, some of the guys that, that played on that team, um, Justin Morneau, Michael Kadir, Matt Lee Croy, Casey Blake, um, and I'm forgetting a few um, that that really made a big impact. Michael Restovich, Michael Ryan, you know, a lot of guys that, you know, went up and played a long time in the big leagues um, for a while. And it was it was definitely probably one of the the most fun teams I've had the experience of playing on just because um, we ended up winning the, the triple, AAA championship there. And, and it was just a, a great team, a great, you know, bunch of guys to be around and and you know we won quite a few games that year too so it's it kind of special in, in more ways than one so it was, it was a really a a fun fun team to be on and in Edmonton we were up in Edmonton Canada so it's kind of kind of fun being up there um a unique experience to be in Canada and and uh doing a lot of that so it was it was probably one of the the most fun seasons I've had playing baseball and just the group of guys was really a big part of that now I know that uh, I know you mentioned Justin Morneau was on your team. He's obviously now retired and, and works mm-hmm. in the Twins front office. Um, was he the catcher? Because he started his minor league career as a catcher. Was he the catcher for you guys that year? Nope. At that point, he had moved and transitioned to first base. So we kind of okay. you know, we kind of rotated the first back, you know, quite a bit and uh, DH and then that sort of thing. Um, so okay. yeah, he, he had, I think he'd been playing first for a couple of years, and he was he was still you know learning the position and and trying to uh, you know get some experience playing first there, and obviously he played in the big leagues for a long time and did, did very well at first. Um, so yeah, it was it was it was a cool experience to to be able to play with him as well. When you played with him in the minors, did you did you? Were you able to kind of tell that he was going to have the success he had in the majors? Was it like you watch him take batting practice and you're just like, wow, this guy is strong. He's got some, he's got some real power. He's going to do some damage in the majors. Yeah, he was definitely special. Um, but I will say there, there's so many guys in you know AAA and Double A that that have that kind of power, and it, it's it's hard to really project you know what kind of career they they might have if they get a chance. Um, but he was one of those where, I mean, you watch him take batting practice, you're like, wow, you know, just seeing all the balls, he, how far he hit some of those balls and how hard he hit some of those balls. And uh, it was it was definitely something that you knew um, that he, if he had the chance, he would he'd get up there and stay for a while. And then he eventually got the chance and he did. And, uh, but, yeah, he was definitely, <laughs> it was fun to watch him, 
watch him hit and watch him take BP for sure. Uh, and Todd spent parts of two seasons in the major leagues, splitting time between the Twins and the Padres. He was called up to the Twins on September 17, 2002. What do you remember about getting that call and then making your major mm-hmm. league debut? Kind of walk us through that whole process. Yeah. We had just won the uh, the AAA uh, championship in uh, in 2002, and uh, we're in Salt Lake, and there's there's a group of us um, that that went up, and you know Michael Kadire, um, Lee Croy, Restovich, you know all those guys kind of we all kind of went up um, together, um, but it was one of those where you know <clears throat> it was right when we got to the hotel that night, you know we met with the GM Terry Ryan at the time, and and he let me know that you know I was, I was probably going to be playing that next night. So I, I was starting at first game that I was going to be at, I was starting. So I was definitely nervous. Um, you know, I remember just walking into walking onto the field and, and it was kind of a surreal experience where we were playing in Detroit at the time and just walking into the field and, and just taking a moment and just like, wow, this is, this is really happening type thing. Um, right. And I, I had a pretty good year in AAA. So, you know, you never know what, what the, if you're going to get called up or not. And so the the fact that, you know, I was able to get an opportunity to, to go play up there for a little while. And, and the Twins had a great team at that time. They're, the the couple, you know, seasons I was up and down with them, they were, they were playoff teams. And they had they were really good as far as, you know, the teams that they had. Um, so it was really cool to be a part of, you know, winning teams and successful teams at that time. And, and uh, that made it a really cool experience as well. Yeah, for, for fans who don't know, the 2002 Twins are the team that beat the Oakland A's in the playoffs that year. That was the year that the Oakland A's won the AL record at that point, 20 straight games. The Twins ended their season and then had their season heartbreakingly ended by the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Todd ended up hitting 333 with two doubles, three runs in seven games. He was brought to the Twins in the 2003 season before being dealt to the Padres. You played in 33 games. You hit 247 with two home runs and 11 RBIs that season between the two clubs. But in Boston on May 9, 2003, you hit your first major league home run and drove in four RBIs. Can you talk about who you hit that home run off of and how special <laughs> that was? Definitely. Um, yeah, that was, you know, in my, my most of my big league time, I was spent, you know, going back and forth, AAA, big leagues, and, and filling in for, you know, players on the disabled list and filling in positions and stuff like that. So um, leading up to that game, um, it was one of those where um, Denny Hawking was coming off of the disabled list, I believe. I think it was him. And, and so, you know, I, I went to the field that day kind of expecting to get sent back down to the minors. And, uh, you know, because I kind of kind of figured that was that's what was been happening. And, and so I kind of, you know, yeah. assumed that was going to be it. And then as I walked in the locker room, I checked the lineup, and, and I almost did a triple take where I looked at the lineup and I saw my name hitting fourth against the Red Sox. And I was like, wait a minute. That, that can't be right type thing. And so it was it was one of those where I was just a little bit, because I, I walk in with the mentality, well, here we go, back to the minors again. And, and now um, hitting fourth against the Red Sox with uh, none other than Pedro Martinez starting that night. And and it was it was one of those where um, we were actually playing in Minnesota at the, at the Metrodome. And uh, my first at-bat, um, and I, I 
faced him a little bit in uh, in Boston, um, and I, I, I saw him pretty good. I felt pretty comfortable with him. I know he's Pedro Martinez, is one of the best pitchers in the game, but um, I saw him pretty well for some reason in, in how his pitches. So the first inning, my first at bat, I, you know, I hit a pretty hard uh, line drive to center field and, and scored a run. And and then I don't know if it was my second or third at bat, but then it, it had a pretty good hitting count. I was just looking for something to to hit hard and and uh, got a fastball and, and hit it over the you know up in the uh, right field right field seats up there a little bit. So it was definitely uh, an amazing experience to, you know, first of all, to hit your first, first home run in the big leagues is pretty cool. But then to do it against Pedro Martinez, a Hall of Fame pitcher at the same time, it was, it was an unbelievable moment. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, I still get, you know, goosebumps thinking about it now. It's, it's pretty exciting. Talk to me about what, talk to me about circling the bases. So you're circling the bases, you come touch home plate, is it one of those things where the guys, you know, in the in the dugout kind of knew it was your first home run, so they kind of ghosted you a little bit and gave you a hard time, or was everybody just excited about it as you were? Well, running around the bases was a blur. Right? It's I, I don't I think I was smiling. I, I I tried not to run too fast and I tried to not to <laughs> not to run too slow, but I just remember sure. it was a blur and, and it was loud. I, you know, there's a lot of people at that game and and uh, it was. The Red Sox were, I think, they were, you know, leading their their division at the time, so they were a good team, and and so the Twins, Minnesota, packed it in that night, and uh, you know, going in there, and and the guys were pretty excited, and and, and after the game, they're just like, man, hit you your first home run off Pedro, and it's it's so a lot of guys, and we're talking about who they hit their first home run off of and stuff like that, but um, it was it was definitely a uh, just such a, a cool opportunity to have, and then to to hit a home run off Pedro again, it's it's pretty amazing to look back and think that actually happened. And uh, sometimes it's, I have to, I have to show guys the, the sports center clips. Yeah, this, this really happened. You're like, no way. And so it's kind of, it's kind of funny that way. It's it's pretty neat. Pretty cool. Now, uh, you know, one of the traditions for, for big leaguers is when they get their first hit or their first home run, they tend to trade either something of theirs or a teammates to get that item back. Did you do that? Do you have that ball? And if so, what do you have to give up for it? I do have that ball. I think I, I can't remember exactly what I did, but I think I had to give him like a uh, a Jock Jones or a Torrey Hunter signed bat and uh, and and something like that. And so it was um, it was it was pretty simple to to do, and and um, the guys were great about it. So it was it was pretty neat. Now talk to me, you know, I grew up going to the Metrodome. A lot of a lot of my listeners are twins fans as I do live in Minnesota. Um talk to me awesome. about playing in the Metrodome, kind of what that atmosphere is like, what that what that building was like is you know, a lot of a lot of, you know, twins players have been on here and said that they liked playing on it and a lot of opposing players said, Oh, it was terrible uh-huh. surface to play on. What what did you think about both the fans in Minnesota making that kind of noise and then also the Metrodome in general. I loved it, to be honest with you. And, and again, I wasn't up very long to, to, to really appreciate it, you know, maybe, you know, parts of a couple of seasons, but just the, the atmosphere alone, it, it was such a, a unique environment um, when you have the dome and when you have, you know, the turf and all that stuff and, and the fans are, are right there pretty much on top of you. It was, it was really cool. And, and I think, you know, my limited time there, I think I only lost one pop-up that uh, I think Kenny Rogers had to make a run and catch and, and save me for that one. So 
Um, it was one of those where I was pretty happy about only losing one because that was one of the things I was kind of paranoid about was, you know, the pop-ups and stuff like that. But um, it, the fans were awesome, just unbelievable fans, very friendly, very, you know, baseball like-minded. And it was, it was a pretty cool um, culture and environment at the time um, to play in that dome. And, and that, that was an advantage for the twins and, and, and uh, you know, teams going there, they, most teams did not like to play in the dome. And so I think it was a, it was a, it was a good advantage for the twins at the time. Now, obviously the Metrodome has been torn down. They put up a football stadium <laughs> there and the twins have moved to target field. Have you been to target field or have you seen, have you seen games there at all? Or um, I, We went, I was done playing at the time and I think we went the second season. It was open just to go take a look and check it out. And it was a, you know, a really cool stadium um, to see it. Um, it, was, it was pretty impressive actually. So it was, it was really neat to, to, to see it and to see kind of what it was all about. And, and, uh, but to me, it doesn't compare to the dome. Cause that's, that's, I like the dome and, and, uh, right. and that was kind of where, where my, my twins time was spent. So it's. I, mean, I always, I always have a special place in my heart for the dome. There was, there was definitely some dome magic. That's for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. So you finished it up in the. Uh, you finished with the Albuquerque Isotopes in 2007. Mm-hmm. You hit 302 with a home run and 10 RBIs. After that, what made you decide that? Hey, you know, it's just, it's time. Definitely. Um, the last four years that I played, I had, ended up having three surgeries. So it was one of those where it was just a lot of wear and tear. I had a back surgery that after I was traded to the Padres um, from the Twins in uh, 2003, that next year, 2004, I ended up having a back surgery. And that kind of – that started my, my decline uh, as far as – trying to make it through. And then I tried to come back and, and ended up having uh, two more shoulder surgeries. So um, at that point it was just taking a toll on my body and, and stuff like that. So um, I just had uh, a little girl at the time as well. So with the injuries and, and with uh, starting a family at the time, it was just one of those decisions. It was easier probably than it I expected it to be um, because I would have loved to play for another couple of years. I just don't know if I physically, if I had it, um, or mentally, it was it was at that time because I ended up playing 11 or 12 seasons and um, mostly in the minor leagues, obviously. But it was still still a toll um, mentally and physically, and it was at that point it was just time to move on. Well, obviously, you talked about just moving on, and one of those things that you've done is decide to do what many players do, and that is give back. Uh, Sean mm-hmm. Sedlacek established Sed Sports, Inc. in 2006 with the goal of giving back to the game that had meant so much to him and played such a huge role in his life. And him, yourself, Matt Williams, you guys decided to partner and establish Complete Game Baseball to continue the growth of the organization in pursuit of Sean's dream to give back. Can you talk about Complete Game Baseball and what the impact it's had on your life and the, the mm-hmm. and how it affects people? Definitely. Um, well, my fir- the first couple years after I was finished, I went back and I had about a year and a half left of school. So right when I finished playing, I went back to Nebraska and, and finished uh, my education there. Um, and then for a couple of years, I-, I stayed away from baseball and I tried to do a couple other things. But um, it was one of those where I just I- it wasn't the same. I-, I still wanted to be involved with coaching. I still wanted to help youth players and 
And so working with Sean, and I knew Sean, we played together or against each other in high school, college, and then pro balls. He played with the Royals for a little bit. So um, I knew of him, and then we met in one of the off seasons in, uh, in Kansas City where we live. And we started talking, and then we just, you know, brainstorming about things to do. And we came up with the idea of establishing a, a baseball club in Kansas City that focuses on, you know, development and really preparing players for the next level, whether it's high school, college, you know, anything like that. Um, and it's it's something that we're both passionate about. And uh, to it also helps to keep us in the game, to, you know, keep us around baseball and, and any time that it's fun because, you know, our job is to, you know, go to practices, help youth players and go to games and watch games and, and really try to be a, a positive, encouraging environment for some of these young players to try to help them become the best players they can be. And, and for some, you know, it might be they might top out at the high school level. Some might go to college and, and play college as well. And, and uh, who knows where that road's going to lead them. But, you know, we try to focus on respecting the game, respecting umpires, respecting the other players. So trying to help players understand to, you know, play the game the right way, always hustle, always play hard. So a lot of the things that, you know, we learned through the professional ranks at the same time is trying to pass that along to some of the youth and young players as well. And it's, it's uh, really encouraging to see, you know, a lot of players start to, um, take that in and, and start to start to do some of that on their own. It's been a pretty cool experience, and this is our fifth year doing it. And uh, I think we've we've grown, um, we've doubled in size the first three or four years as far as number of teams, and and now we're we're sitting at about 27 teams total. Um, and so we have a lot of teams, a lot of players that play for us, and and it's you know trying to be a positive environment for for players to play. It sounds like a lot of those things that you talked about, you know, respecting the game, respecting umpires and teammates, that sounds a lot to me like the old Twins Way thing <laughs> that, the, that the Twins Definitely. used to preach. Yes, and it, now, a lot of it was, is the same. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, a lot and, of the stuff that we have picked up is the same thing, yeah, for sure. You mentioned you live in Kansas City. Do you follow the uh, Do you follow the Royals? Um, a little, not as much. And, and, uh, I try to follow the twins a little bit more. Um, I don't watch a lot of baseball, you know, I'll check into some games every once in a while, but, um, I always still try to keep see where the twins are at in the standings and, and stuff like that. But, um, we might go to a game or two a year, but it's not too many. Who's your, uh, who's your favorite major league baseball player to watch just strictly from a fan point of view? From a fan point of view, there's a bunch of them. Um, I would probably say I like I like some of the uh, the left-handed first baseman like Joey Votto. Um, I like to watch yeah. him hit. Um, you know the the usual the bigger guys stuff like that. So it's Mike Trout's are all they're always they're always fun to watch for sure. Now you uh, when you played for the Twins, you played for Gardy. Uh Do you have yes. any Ron Gardenhire stories that are appropriate for the podcast? <laughs> preferably, preferably a story not too about many. Him. Not Prefer- too many. Preferably I, uh, a story about him getting ejected, maybe. <laughs> I, I mean, unfortunately, <laughs> I wasn't around enough for many of those, and which is surprising. Um, okay. It, it okay. seems frequent, but you know, Gardy, he was even yeah. though I wasn't up very long with them. He was just an unbelievable coach and, and, you know, so 
just a, a solid guy, a good guy, and, and always there to help you, whatever you needed. But I, I loved my time spent with him, and, and uh, he was a big factor in, you know, a lot of the things that I did moving forward from that. Now we have we got about two minutes, two and a half minutes left. Do you have a uh, a funny story or a memorable story that from your time in the big leagues that you can talk about? Obviously, we talked about you know your first home run and stuff, but do you mm-hmm. have either a funny or a poignant story that you can share? Um, you know, just the 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 hardest, the, I guess, the funniest thing, I guess, not not for me was what you know the rookie hazing aspect of it. Um, and unfortunately, I had to go through that twice. So with when I was with the Twins in that 2002 season, um, uh, they got all the rookies. Every all the rookies had to wear dresses, so we had to wear dresses, necklaces, all that stuff from the flight into the hotel, and and doing all that. So, and then the next year when I was traded and up with the, the Padres, um, I had to do it again. So the, another time I had to wear a dress through the flight to the hotel and all that other stuff. So. Um, that was a, a little bit, you know, uncomfortable, but it was still kind of it was fun to take part in to to be a part of that at the same time. But that was that's probably the extent of uh, the funny stories that I have is the the two episodes of sure. wearing, a, wearing a dress as part of the rookie hazing. Being a former major leaguer, obviously, you know, you only played two seasons. Do you see that? How much fan mail do you get? I still get uh, it's it's. Slowly dwindling, dwindling a little bit, but um, I still get you know a few five six letters you know every month or two um, with with cards to to sign or to autograph cards and send them back. I love signing it; it's pretty cool. And and it's one of those when I get it, I, I'm pretty quick about returning it just because it's like that's I think it's pretty cool. And you know I did that when I was a kid. I sent some autographs in and had them sign it, and come back, and I think it's pretty special um, to actually be on the other side of it. Um, and that, that's one thing I did too, when I played is I always took the opportunity to sign and, and to, uh, just be cordial with, you know, some of the, the youth that the, at the games and, and stuff like that, because it was, you know, being a baseball player, being, you know, on that stage is, it's definitely a cool situation. And, uh, anytime you can make, you know, a kid's day by giving them a, you know, a broken bat or, you know, an old pair of batting gloves or something like that was definitely pretty pretty cool so yeah i definitely enjoy the uh signing the autographs as well absolutely i would love i could i could ask you more questions and go another half an hour but i'm gonna <laughs> let you go todd sears former major leaguer for the twins and padres thank you so very much it's been my my distinct pleasure to have you on the podcast today thank you very very much for coming on it was a it was a pleasure and, and i was honored to be on your show so thank you for having me Thanks, Todd. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Todd Sears, former major leaguer. Again, that was that was that story he talked about hitting his first home run and the atmosphere in the dome and hitting it off of Pedro Martinez. That's a pretty cool story. That's one of those stories that, you know, Pedro might not remember giving up the home run to Todd, but Todd's always going to remember hitting that off of Pedro. And then also, obviously, what he did for complete game baseball is it's just really nice to see um, players coming back, players helping give back to the game that meant so much to him. And you you heard him talk about how he – 
that after he left the game and graduated from Nebraska, he wanted to stay involved and he tried to do other things and he just missed the game and loved the game. So that was, that was a, that was a really, really cool interview. Join me for two more episodes. I'm not going to give anything away today. They are going to be episodes that are unique and unlike any other episodes I have done on this podcast, it will be episodes 34 and 35. They will be coming at you later today. Thank you guys very, very much, and we will see you down the road in podcast land. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.